0: It is Wednesday, December 28th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. The college football playoff semifinals take place this Saturday. Georgia and Ohio State meet in the Peach Bowl at 8 p.m. Michigan and TCU meet in the Fiesta Bowl at 4 p.m. Two great games on today's episode and Friday's episode of the College Football Daily. We will be previewing both of them for you. Before we start, I just want to remind everyone to give us those five stars and shoot us a review on Apple Podcasts, and make sure to head over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and click the subscribe button as well. So I mentioned we will be previewing both games over today's and Friday's episode, and let's start this Wednesday with probably the most anticipated of the two games, and that's number one, Georgia taking on number four, Ohio State. First joining me to look at the Peach Bowl from a Bulldogs perspective is Jordan Hill of Dogs, 247. Jordan, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Doing great. Uh, currently down in Atlanta, counting on his own. It's, uh, it's game week.
0: So... Jordan, Georgia in large part this season, right? They pretty much went through it relatively comfortably. Their biggest test against Tennessee while the score ended up 27, 13, only 14 points watching it. The Bulldogs pretty much took care of the Vols from start to finish. But I think the one knock on Georgia this season has been that they haven't looked maybe as dominant as they did last year all the time. So sure, Tennessee and Oregon, they looked unbeatable, but 16-6 and over Kentucky. They were down 10 at the half against Missouri. Even Kent State hung around in their week four matchup. What do you make of those games this year that were wins, but maybe not the dominant wins that were expected? And is there worry that I guess something like that could happen on Saturday albeit in a, obviously a bigger game against a better team than Missouri or Kentucky or Kent State for example
2: well I think the the one strong point when it comes to those games and I think it's a fair criticism with some of the the games and the way Georgia played against teams like Kent State and Missouri but in Georgia's biggest games they've really risen to the occasion you go back to the season opener against Oregon a game that you know I really thought was going to be very competitive from the standpoint that Georgia was replacing so much on defense and, and I just was of the Mindset that look this defense will probably be pretty good again, but there would be pretty obvious growing pains. Well, they only gave up three points to what proved to be a really good Oregon offense. Um, you know, you look forward to the Tennessee game, which was really highly anticipated, with the fact that Tennessee was the number one team in the in the college football playoff rankings at the time. And Georgia takes care of business. It's only a fourteen point win, but it really was never that close. And the weather kind of impacted the way that second half played out. Uh, and then you go back to December third when they play LSU for the SEC championship. You know, they talked about leading into that game, some of the Georgia players that LSU has nothing to lose in this game. And I think they acknowledged that. And uh, they never really let LSU make it a game. You know, winds up being 50 to 30. Uh, Georgia gets all the big breaks, you know, made sure that LSU didn't get uh, luck on its side and wasn't able to, to turn it into a four quarter game. Um, I think the team just has done a very good job in games that are really highly anticipated against, <laughs> against opponents with a lot of talent. They've showed up ready to play, and again and again, they've those
0: tests yeah they they really have and and like you said you know you look at the games Missouri Kent State Kentucky that I brought up but but like you said when they when they played the Oregon when they played Tennessee when they played LSU in the SEC title game they showed up and I know again the score in the Tennessee game 27-13 but like I said before I mean Georgia pretty much dominated from start to finish in that game Um, and LSU again 50 to 30 they ended up winning the offense was clicking on all cylinders there Oregon 49 to three in week one one guy I want to discuss specifically, Stetson Bennett. You know, he's someone who I think has never gotten maybe the respect that he's deserved. You know, I remember at this time last year, actually, Trey Scott, the former host of the podcast, not the Georgia Trey Scott, Trey Scott of 24-7 Sports. He and I were having a conversation on this same show as to whether the Bulldogs were for last year's college football playoff, going to need JT Daniels to win a national title. And then this past offseason, you know, I even read somewhere whether Stetson Bennett should be the guy this season, if he was the best quarterback on the roster. Yet here we are a few days before the semifinals. He's the starting quarterback for Georgia. He was a Heisman finalist. Where would a win on Saturday, as well as a second national title, either beating TCU or Michigan, where would that put him among the all-time greats at Georgia? Where would that put him, I guess, in the in the pantheon of, of Georgia legends if he were to win another their national title with the Bulldogs.
2: You know, I think he's already in standing and obviously time will will prove this. But I mean, even before this year, I I think he's among the names like Herschel Walker and and some of the greats in this uh, program's history. Um, But you think about the fact if they are able to win the next two games, if they beat Ohio State, if they beat either Michigan or TCU, I mean, just his accomplishments. And then you factor in his story again you know it's a it's a script if someone passed it to you you'd be like that's not why." would no? there's no way that that's realistic enough to turn into a movie but that alone I mean if they win a national championship I mean he has a chance to bypass a guy like Herschel Walker just because of everything that he's been a part of in Georgia's success and, you know Herschel was a freshman on that 1980 team but you know the, this Georgia team has done more winning than those teams uh, of Vince Dooley in the early 80s uh, I think you look at again. Again, just how rare it is for a guy of and Bennett, uh, you know, being a former walk-on you know, in an age where recruiting is always, I'm um, so highly scrutinized. And you have your four stars, you have your five stars, and he competed against a bunch of those guys of that caliber while at Georgia. I mean, it's just a remarkable story. I mean, to me, even if they don't win it, you know, he's got an argument among the the greatest players in Georgia history. If they do win it, I mean, to me, the, there's not even a conversation just because of what he's accomplished and the story he is. Uh, you know played out how his story has played out i think he would be the greatest uh, georgia football player there's ever been
0: so both these teams ohio state and georgia have played for national titles the last two seasons georgia of course winning last year ohio state losing to alabama in 2020 so before i ask your prediction how would you finish this sentence georgia beats ohio state if they do blank
2: Say if Georgia's secondary shores up some of the issues that plagued them against LSU, because that, that was the only thing I think you come out of that game against LSU. You win it by 20 points. You put up 50 points. The The first half of that game, 35 points, tied an SEC championship game record for the most points by a team in a half of football. But your secondary gives up 502 passing yards. Your secondary gets picked apart by Garrett Nussmeyer, LSU's backup quarterback. To me, the key of this game being clear close is if Ohio State we know very strong passing attack very impressive receivers if they're able to make plays on Georgia's secondary and you know that's something that we've talked to guys so far this week about just how they've handled uh you know the the time since the uh, championship game I think it's been 24 25 days at this point um, the secondary to me has to show up ready to go because I you know I think that a lot of people recognize that Georgia did not get a good matchup as far as having a play Ohio say just with the talent they have yeah you, know, you think well you're the number one Seed. It's a very dangerous number four seed in Ohio State. If Georgia's secondary shows up, and and you know you're going to give up plays here and there. Uh, but they cannot afford to let Ohio State really rack up yards here and there because it could make for a long night in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ohio State, a team that for a lot of the year, many thought could win it all. Many thought could potentially be the favorite to win it all, obviously, before losing to Michigan at home. So, Jordan, before we go, Georgia, Ohio State, Peach Bowl, uh, 8 p.m. in Atlanta. Do you have a winner and and do you have a score for us?
2: I'm picking Georgia 35-27. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think there's going to be a lot of points that are scored on both sides. Uh, I'm of the mindset, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State was able to pull this off. But at the end of the day, I think just the way Georgia's defense has been playing, I think that Georgia's offense is really in a good position and, and is hoping to be at full health in this game. At the end of the day, I come down to physicality. Can Ohio State out physical Georgia? I just don't believe they will. I think it will be a very competitive game, but I think Georgia wins and moves on to the national title.
0: Jordan Hill of Dogs247. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate you giving me some time today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed it.
0: So when we come back, we will talk to Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts for the Ohio State perspective of the Peach Bowl. Keep it locked in here. You're listening to the College Football Daily. Back here on the College Football Daily, big thanks once again to Jordan Hill for joining us to discuss Georgia ahead of the College Football Playoffs semifinals and their matchup in the Peach Bowl this Saturday against Ohio State. Jordan was fresh off media availability and was joining from the stadium, thus any background noise came from all of that. So we heard about the Bulldogs, but let's switch things over to the Buckeyes and joining me now is Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts. How you doing, man? Thanks so much for joining me and coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: I'm good. Big shoes to fill coming on after Jordan. He's, uh, he's great at what he does and- I've enjoyed, I I met him at the Heisman Trophy thing and now we're down here. So uh,
0: yeah, I'll I'll have to see if I can fill those. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of interaction uh, as of late between uh, between Bucknuts and Dogs 247 with the with the Heisman Trophy, now with the Peach Bowl, two of the best sites uh, that we have on our network. We'll make sure to, to check both of those out. So Patrick, Ohio State gets their second lease on life, right? Getting into the college football playoff after USC's loss to Utah in the Pac-12 title game, and they're set to face the reigning national champions and number one team in the country in Georgia. So based on what happened the last time we saw Ohio State on the field and their loss to Michigan, adding in the fact that they'll be without. Jackson Smith and Jigba and Travion Henderson too what's just the mood around Columbus and and with the fan base when it comes to just the Buckeyes chances on Saturday and and the belief that they can potentially pull off an upset against the national title favorites
1: I think it's tough to tell because you have a very vocal group of fans and I'm not sure how big it is that is very negative right now You you lost to Michigan for a second year in a row. The recruiting class of 2023, while good, didn't close the way it wanted to. There's a lot of anti-Ryan Day talk going on. And I think it's interesting because I don't think that's the entire fan base. I think that's social media and message boards, which are passionate. You know, We're not here if, if those people aren't as passionate as they are. But I think that there are some points in there that are valid in terms of where Ohio State is as a program right now, where things are going, and then what this game might look like. But I also think there's some level of kind of overreaction. Look, this was the number two team in the country for the vast majority of the year. I remember just, you know, a month, maybe a little longer ago, hearing national media members talking about how Georgia or Ohio State was the only team that could probably hang with Georgia because of this offense and and whatnot. And, you know, you you did only lose one game. Yes, it was the worst possible game to lose in the regular season. It meant you didn't beat Michigan, you didn't get to the Big Ten Championship game if you're Ohio State, but you're still uh, an 11-1 team. and, And I think most people would agree that they were deserving to get into the playoff, even if it did have to come in kind of a backdoor way. So I think there's a mix of fan opinions right now. And I don't think it's going to sway one way or the other until this game. If Ohio State goes out and beats Georgia, gets another chance at Michigan or plays TCU in the national championship game, all of a sudden that that negative talk quiets down quite a bit. That doesn't mean that those people weren't right. And if it's the other way, you obviously will have way more of that talk and, and more people will get on board. So it's a weird, a weird time for this Ohio State fan base.
0: You mentioned Ryan Day and you said he's become very polarizing, right? There's a yeah. uh, fan base or part of the fan base that is anti-Ryan Day. Again, not saying that's the majority, that could be a very small but vocal minority, but he's become someone that that's taken a lot of heat because of the now back-to-back losses to Michigan. The last two coaches for Ohio State, besides Luke Fickle when he was the interim for one year, they won national titles, and Ryan Day hasn't won a national title yet, and that's obviously a lot of pressure on him because those are the expectations in Columbus. So what does this game and a potential national title run mean to how Ohio State fans view him and kind of his pressure, or maybe if he wins a national title, lack thereof going into next year?
1: I think that the way that this game should be as the number four seed is the pressure should all be on Georgia. And at least from my perspective, covering Ohio State, it feels like there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Day for all those things we just mentioned. And this program in general, you know, CJ Stroud, yes, he was back to back Heisman winner, or back to back Heisman finalist, excuse me, but he hasn't beaten Michigan. He hasn't won a Big Ten championship like the quarterbacks before him. There's just a lot of self-created pressure because of, of the recent results. And I think that applies to day I think it goes all the way through this program. They should be playing with house money in this game. This is Georgia. This is the defending national champions. They should be the ones that, that have to feel like we have to win this game. Whereas Ohio State should come in playing free and let's go out there and shock the world. And they've said some of that, but I think they feel it. You know, these guys, these players are on social media. Ryan Day is aware of of what's gone on. The rest of the coaches know, especially on the defensive side, they were brought in for a reason. Part one of that reason beating Michigan didn't happen. So I think it's really important for Ryan and and just kind of the direction of this program, at least to go out there and be competitive in that game and show, look, we're we're not going to give up, you know, these late touchdowns like they did to Michigan to, to make this game look bad or, or whatever. If you lose the game, it at least has to be respectable. But... A win in this game, as I said before, would really just shift everything in a very much more positive direction. And so that is where the the added importance is.
0: And you brought up a name, CJ Stroud. And look, for Ryan Day, he has next year and seasons after to try to get that national title. But CJ Stroud's off to the NFL, whether it's after this game or after a national title game. What does this potential run, what does this game first on Saturday and potentially a run to a college football championship mean for his legacy at Ohio State? How big is this game for the way fans will view him, you know, five, 10 years, 15 years down the line.
1: As unfortunate as it is, this game, these next two, if there is that second one will define his legacy because you, you, as I said before, you don't have those things that other Ohio state quarterbacks have. You don't have a win against Michigan in two tries. You don't have a big 10 championship. You don't even have a big 10 championship game appearance. So his legacy is built on going out and beating the number one team in the country, upsetting them, and then potentially, you know, getting another shot, maybe at Michigan or, or just a chance to win the national title against TCU. And if he doesn't do that, I think fans will look back at, you know, he was a really good quarterback. He was very accurate, obviously a two-time Heisman Trophy finalist. But, you know, when it mattered the most, as good as CJ's played twice against Michigan, and he, and he has played well, you look at the numbers, it wasn't his fault, especially two years ago that they lost. That will always be the narrative. And look, if you can win a national championship, that will still be there but it will definitely be a different conversation because you got that, that ring.
0: So Ohio State played for a national title in 2020. Georgia obviously won it last season. Uh, So the last two national title games have seen these two teams in them, granted not together, but they've both made appearances in one or the other. So fill in the blank here with this one for Ohio State to win and to beat Georgia and to pull off the upset, they have to do blank. I think
1: there's a few things but the the main thing I think is that this this offense has to be at its best and you look at the Michigan game you know they only scored 20 points in the first half or were winning by a uh, field goal at halftime and you just felt like it would it would get going and it never did and they only scored three more points the rest of the game so for me I think because of how good Georgia's rush defense is and the, the pass defense is probably where they have vulnerabilities I think Ohio State has to be able to throw the ball. They have to use C.J. Stroud. They have to use this talented group of wide receivers and, and attack the Bulldogs down the field. And it's it's got to be aggressive. I, I felt at times, I think a lot of people did against Michigan. And in some of the big games, it was a little conservative, a little don't want to lose the game, make the mistake, that type of thing. So, you know, they, they have to realize, look, this is it. we got to win this game. And that means we have to, you know, pull out all the stops, let the play calls, you know, kind of flow. Don't don't overthink things. And you know, I think that's some parts of what happened against Michigan. They can't afford to do that for a second game in a row. You hope they learn their lesson, especially on the coaching staff side of things from that Michigan game. But we heard all year that, that they were going to do things differently this time around. And the result was more or less the same in Columbus as it was in Ann Arbor. So this is your chance. You Ryan Day said it as soon as they were selected to the playoffs. High State has a second lease on life. How do you go out and use that? You do the same things, make the same mistakes, or do you, you know, adjust and use the talent you've got? Because again, this is a really talented football team. I mean, it, you know, again, they were the number two team in the country all year. So you, you've got the chance to, to play with Georgia and whatnot. Just got to go out and do it.
0: So, Patrick, last one Ohio State, Georgia, Saturday night. What's your prediction and your final score for the Peace Bowl? Shh.
1: I haven't done a prediction yet score wise. I was, we were actually talking about that today. I'm leaning towards picking Georgia. I think ultimately, the, the talent on the Bulldog side of things, the experience of doing it last year, um, I think that's going to be the difference. But I, I I do think Ohio State, I do think this will be a game. Um, I've talked to a number of people who are worried that it's going to be when Ohio State lost 31 nothing or whatever it was to Clemson in the semifinal a handful of years ago. I don't see that. I think this team has too much pride, too much talent. I just think ultimately Georgia will will get the best of them because of those things I mentioned.
0: Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Make sure to follow Patrick on Twitter at underscore Pat underscore Murphy. And of course, thanks to Jordan Hill as well for joining me earlier in the show too. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Head over to 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and subscribe as well. So for Patrick Murphy and Jordan Hill, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to the College Football Daily. CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's what we can see. Them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases.
1: Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals.
0: All new criminals.
1: Violent Island, they got here. In the
0: paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If
2: you're watching this, I've been arrested.
0: What are the charges?
2: Just one. Murder.
0: New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii Monday, starting at 9 8 Central on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.